0: top of the morning lads and ladies support for the off the irish podcast is now brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels and you no longer need the look of the irish with the ladies when i tell you this is premium (laughs) i mean premium the battery will last up to 90 minutes you can take a longer shave Third generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents with their advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Get 20% off free shipping with the code IrishPod at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code IrishPod. Use the right tools and jobs to trim your pan potatoes.
1: And, welcome back. How's everyone getting on?
0: How are we doing? I'm Um, good. How are you guys? (laughs) Glad to have you.
1: Thank you. It's a a little chilly here. It's about, um, I wonder what the Celsius is, but uh, we have it at 57 degrees Fahrenheit here. I'm in California. What's the weather like over there? Shocking.
0: Baltic. You know, (laughs) ice up to the windows, like, and the snow is above that, like, so
1: does it does it snow a lot in ireland no it
0: rains a lot in ireland definitely not. Been?
1: Yeah. i have not been i've only been in england
0: oh yeah big difference um so today we're joined by pure michael how about you introduce yourself
1: treat myself
0: how about you introduce yourself. yourself oh introduce treat myself, myself. I thought well you, you could yourself. do both i, like, I don't know a i coffee? treat
1: myself to a cup of coffee some <laughs> cookies uh massage Um, Yes, hi. It's a pleasure to be on this podcast. I'm a voice actor. I started off with an interest in animation, and I uh, studied art and caricature, and I was a fan of the American uh, comic uh, company uh, who made uh, Mad Magazine, and uh, so I had aspirations to be a caricature artist, to be an animator, and... uh, being in that field i found that um you know voice acting was something that would always come up and i found it always interesting because you know all these actors that you would know of vaguely or never heard of were in all these titles and um so just being a fan of that in general you know doing research i'm like wow this is a whole other world i never even thought about and um I come from a very artistic family. Both of my parents are artists. My dad's most mostly of the theater. My mother's a painter and uh, a photographer. And so I grew up doing a lot of children's theater, a lot of uh, avant-garde work. And um, I avoided doing the theater for a while. And then once I uh, started researching and spending more time with it independently, I realized, wow, I really do enjoy this. And I started jumping into voiceover first for fun, as I hope most actors do. And then it became a serious ambition. And I pushed aside animation and drawing um, as a, a career goal and focused on voiceover.
0: And what was now it like? I'm, uh, working ma-
1: uh, pretty well. Well, fair play. Good
0: to hear. That's how you want to be. What was it like making that transition from just doing it for fun to trying to make a career out of it?
1: well um when you do it for fun you get to make a lot of mistakes and as soon as you you know you gotta be professional you can't uh, you can't mess around or you try not to mess around but of course um, most professionals learn on the job the best uh the best actors are the ones who get away with it because they don't know what they're doing and you don't know that they don't know what they're doing because they're good at what they're doing so (laughs) in a sense they are good actors even though they may have zero experience so for me i started off sharing videos uh just on youtube for fun and several of them got viral because i would do celebrity impressions and um that got me attention and people started reaching out saying hey i love your impressions would you record a little cartoon for me would you do a voicemail would you do a puppet show and Things started building up from there and um, slowly but surely that just, you know, gave me more experience and uh, it was something that, uh, you know, took several years to hone and work on. And um, there's also the technicality behind being a voice actor because being a voice actor uh, or beginning my career as a voice actor versus beginning my career as an on-camera actor and then transitioning to voiceover... I became much more accustomed to uh, microphones, computers, the technical aspects of recording. And it uh, really helped me because I'm more geeky that way. And yeah. I would pay attention to sound. And so it was, for me, it was much more of a fun transition.
0: Yeah. Well, thankfully it was enjoyable. And Yes. Obviously with right the year we miserable. had.
1: My life is horrible. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry to hear it's horrible. So this is the only fun I get. Thank you guys for interviewing me. I, I really appreciate it. But after this is done, I don't know what I'm going to be doing.
0: Well, we I guess we'll just you keep you, you on. Like... If you'd like. yeah, please, yeah, keep, keep, don't, you don't,
1: don't shut this off. Ever. We keep going. Can we check in every couple of days, couple of hours? If you Anything too.: keep me be like alive. pen pals from now on? Please. Pen pals, pal pals. Pal pals. Pal pals. Pal pals. Pal pals.
0: you you threw me off something awful there (laughs) oh my god Um, yeah I had a question thanks for that Uh, (laughs) oh yeah um, so this year has been a bit of a hellbender so you've done a bit of work from home this year have you
1: I have before the pandemic happened um, I had the opportunity to uh, set up a little voiceover booth at home which was just a i have a fairly large closet and i kind of modified it just put up some foam and i would use it initially for auditions and that sort of thing and then uh you know i would get a lot of last minute gigs and um so they'd ask for me to record from home and slowly i just kind of improved the quality made sure that it was broadcast Uh, quality ready to go for whoever's project was needed so when the pandemic did hit uh, a lot of hollywood well a lot of holly all of hollywood shut down um but they reached out to actors and said hey who's around that has a studio that's working you let's reach out to piot let's go and so i was fortunate to continue working um even though everything was locked down and then from then on of course hollywood evolved Quickly, and everybody um, who's a voice actor and able to make that uh, commitment has kind of transformed their homes into little studios to some degree.
0: Yeah, uh, we've kind of seen that ourselves. Like, no one we've interviewed is using their phone, whereas last year that would have been the case. Yeah, everyone has like a proper setup. Uh, which and just then, then
1: you realize it's not too difficult. You know, it's a couple hundred uh, dollars. Um, U.S. dollars to just, um, you know, get things going and to establish something. You can just use a USB microphone and that sort of thing. And the other thing I've noticed is that um, in the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of productions were much more desperate. They said, well, it's okay if the sound is a little funky. It's okay. It's okay. We'll just go with it. Now, after more people have studios going, they're a little more um, touchy and they make sure that do you sound perfect. Because if you don't, we can't use you. Um, But luckily, I have a a pretty good sound.
0: Yeah, what kind of mic you using there? Looks pretty. Um,
1: This one was recommended to me by uh, not directly, uh, just reading and researching Corey Burton, who's an amazing voice actor. He suggested getting this microphone called a. It's uh, I believe it's a Chinese company that did a knockoff of a Neumann u87 and it's a special projects c1 microphone and so it's a knockoff a chinese knockoff of a you know pro mic and he said oh just get that it sounds the closest to u87 and i got it for fun um it wasn't very expensive and uh the more i used it the more i realized that people didn't notice the difference i could i can hear the difference for sure but um it's a good functioning, working microphone. And uh, I know several other voice actors use this. I think Dee Bradley Baker, who does a lot of characters and creature work, he uses this one in his home studio. Um, but yeah, you you don't really need to uh, go crazy now with microphones.
0: Yeah, thankfully they're they're good enough as is. Yeah. And I, I heard with, with Call of Duty Cold War, uh, a lot of the work had to be done from home, so I know some actors got a kick. Did you just use your own setup, or what happens?
1: So uh, on Call of Duty Cold War, I play Jason Hudson. And what we did... Very well, by the way. Did, oh, thank you very much. Thank Great you. Um, we initially recorded it all uh, on a soundstage and in an uh, actual studio. So we recorded this maybe a year and a half ago, almost two years ago is when we first started, or at least I first started recording Jason Hudson. But as we started doing some additional pickup lines, and um, I don't know if there were DLCs planned or that sort of thing, but because we record so much dialogue, I can't tell what's in the game yet or is all there. Um, And spoiler alert, I just got fired for releasing information about the game. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) uh,
0: You're so convincing. So so, uh, we...
1: uh, we were. I I would say. I recorded about half and half, but um, the majority of um, a lot of lines from Hudson, because he does um, some things in the game that uh, aren't cinematic. I did from home.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. No.
1: I, yeah. I get that. In the multiplayer. Yeah. There's a lot.
0: That must be rough on your voice. Kind of like screaming from a boot. You know.
1: Well. Uh, yeah it depends and you know there are um, safeguards in place the director always makes sure that the most intense lines are at the end of your recording session so typically you record up to four hours and at the you know 3:30 mark they'll say okay now we're gonna do some of the intense lines and they'll scream and shout and all that sort of thing so there are safeguards in place but early on in voiceover with video games there weren't pre- protection so you could go and you would do a six-hour session where you're screaming and then you can't work for three days
0: um yeah. <laughs> you know
1: you can imagine being a musician and jumping on stage and singing and then you know you can't perform for two weeks because you got to heal up so same thing with voiceover yeah. but also you have to be properly trained um i wouldn't recommend somebody going and saying i could scream i'm the best screamer in the world i'll just scream and scream okay why aren't i being hired you really have to know mm. how to uh Project and use your diaphragm to speak properly.
0: It's the art of screaming yeah. that gets you employed these days, you know?
1: Well, the art of acting. Screaming is probably a, a small part of acting. Yes, for sure. It's yeah. just accessing that emotion.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, definitely video games, and multiplayer especially. And have you played uh, Cold War yet?
1: I've played a little bit, but I've watched more clips online because it's much more fun. To see other people play and see professionals yeah. play, because I am uh, <laughs> when it comes to Call of Duty, I'm a loser. Maybe Jason Hudson, but uh, I uh, when it comes to play, playing, oh no, I'll, I'll get my ass whooped fast. But no, it's an intense game, and it's incredible to see, especially on the PS Five or some of these guys with the um, you know the, the souped up PCs and uh, the incredible graphics and sound. It's it's insane. Yeah.
0: no, it's amazing what they did with the game. Um, Have
1: you guys been playing that at all?
0: Yeah, no, I've, I've been playing. He it is. It's a it's a terrific game, and it's it's amazing to see how far the franchise has come from years of developing and technology. It's, it's amazing to see. Yeah, like what what was the last one you played like for fun?
1: Last game in general, or are you talking about Call, Call of of Duty? Because
0: you were saying oh. earlier you you played some of the early ones.
1: I played some of the early ones. I think, um, oh gosh, I don't think Black Ops. I think it was just Call of Duty, maybe yeah. Call of Duty one or two. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even remember. It was it was a PS two. Ooh, I don't even know. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Um And um, yeah, when it, when it comes to war games, I think I'm, I'm much more keen to. Um, the World War Two games. I don't know why, but I just find it um, soothing when I go around wearing a <laughs> that uh, regalia and one, running around, because like, I like limited warfare, where you don't have the most advanced weapons, you don't have all these things, but there's enough that it's modern enough that you have radios and that sort of thing. Yeah. I like the fact that there is more of a challenge of the gun... You have to cock it. It takes longer. Because um, some of the advanced stuff that you go around, you just...
0: I, I think that might be a reason why some of the more futuristic Call of Duty games didn't do as well as the mm. older ones. Like, yeah, why is World War II and the Cold War done so well in Call of Duty? Where, like, no offense, Black Ops 3 or Infinite Warfare didn't do as well.
1: Well, I think, you know, when they mix it up, they... They try and introduce new aspects to the game. Sometimes they focus more on the the cinema of the game or the characters of the game or just the gameplay in general. And they go, what, what the heck? Who are these characters? We care nothing about it. So it's a mixed bag. And also, you know, the games do go through different studios sometimes. Yeah. And um, there's also competing games because, you know... Um, gosh, how, who also does... Um, there's the, a lot of World War II games by the guys who do... Um, it's not Modern Warfare, I'm trying to think. Um, that's Call of Duty Modern Warfare, but um, Medal of Honor, I'm sorry, that's who I'm thinking of. Medal of Honor was a big competitor for a while, and I think that's why you know, Call of Duty, because you know, they started off doing a couple of World War II stuff. Um, they kind of branched out, and I think Black Ops you know, found a little more um, of a originality as far as fans go. We're like, okay, this is a different type of story And we can branch into this and sprawl out. People are excited about these characters. yeah. And it feels much more engaging, not something that's been played before.
0: Yeah. And speaking of something that's not been played before, um, well, it's been played before. Hudson has gone through so many different voice actors. Uh, I think he's appeared three times, uh, three different actors. Uh, So what, what was it like picking up the pieces and going at it?
1: Well, when I first auditioned, I wasn't told who it was for. I was simply told that this is a secret project. This is a secret character. I think at the time they gave a completely different name. And um, they gave me uh, just a breakdown of who the character was. So I had to create a character based off of that. And then I was kind of given some hints like, well, he could be kind of like... This fellow, maybe this fellow, and so further and further along in the audition process, um, they kind of finally said, "Okay, this is, you know, who, who you're auditioning for, Jason Hudson, and we want to get it, um, you know, as close to the character type as possible, not necessarily voice match, just the character type, because, um, you know, mimicking a celebrity is a little touchy sometimes. They, they." you know want to keep the character but they don't want to have any issues with the celebrity going hey you know you're using my voice quote quote unquote quote unquote where it's just like hey you know what are you doing you're just copying my performance with some other guy so it's a balancing act sometimes you have to go and um change it up a little bit And, and that surprises fans sometimes but um so far i've had some pretty good feedback Which I'm proud of that you know people reached out and said, "Hey, you did a good job as Hudson." I said, "Really? Well, I appreciate that because we tried to honor the character, but also kind of you know tweak him a little bit to make sure he wasn't an exact duplicate of what was established because of you know the celebrity behind it initially."
0: Yeah, and it's good to hear that you're getting positive feedback for it because why?
1: You're giving me negative feedback? Excuse me. What no, was you, wrong no. with my performance, Thomas? Fairness. Thomas, <laughs> Thomas, no, let him explain. I want to hear what he has to say.
0: Okay, no, Karen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: yeah. What's the male equivalent of Kevin?
0: Kevin? Kevin. Oh, God. Kevin. Sorry, Jenny, Kevin's listening. Um, but, you yeah, know, there was a bit of controversy with some of the the voice actors getting mimicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, like especially in the case of Woods' character, mm. I feel I feel kind of terrible for uh, Damon who played him, because uh, yeah he's heard I've heard he's got a bit of flack for just doing well, the Well, I
1: I don't know all the details behind it. I don't know what I I can say about it because I honestly don't know the circumstances. Okay. But what I can tell you as a um, experience in other productions is a lot of the times. It has nothing to do, I mean, most of the time it has nothing to do with, uh, with um, you know, them trying to change it up or steal some guy's identity and copy him for a you know, cheaper scale or that sort of thing. It could just very well be that something happened where the actor just didn't get along with production or production said, hey, we, uh, we would want to change it up. They tried different options. Maybe they went and went back maybe the actor did not want to be a part of the production to begin with there are so many levels it's so complicated i don't know what happened in this instance i know that damon did a great job he's a great actor great person and so yeah i do feel sorry for him as well but he um you know he was honoring the character that was established and um that's always difficult you know especially when uh fans really connect to that character Mm. And uh, no, I definitely had that feeling too going in. But um, you kind of have to make it your own a little bit. You got to go in and just service the story, and don't worry about the fact that you're trying to sound exactly like someone else. Because at the end of the day, the fans will pick a reason to hate you, um, no matter what you do. You know. This sounded yeah. exactly like Woods. I liked it but maybe I liked it too much. And it's your fault for liking me. I mean, I, I, I lost my mobility in my mouth. That's how much I like it. Sorry, I sounded like Bendu there for a second. Sorry.
0: Just, I don't know what to say to that. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to be terrifying, like, how, how good you are at impersonations. Uh <laughs>
1: I was watching a couple of your. Yeah, he he was
0: telling me all about the murder. What? Yeah. That's illegal.
1: Well, well, yeah. I've. Uh, that's how I started. I would just do impressions for fun, and then realize that not many people could do them, and then uh, one thing led to another.
0: Yeah. And so far, you made a career out of it. So, congrats.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: And you know, Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops, Cold War. a mouth. That's a mouthful of an end has been one of the best games this year, um, like one of the most well-received games. Um, but you also did another one of the most well-received games of the year. You did Doom Eternal. Mm-hmm. What was that like? I, I, first that of all, was what was it like having such, such amazing games come out and be involved in both of them?
1: Well, when you start off in the game, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, you get a blank, you get a blank screen, Script comes up, you look at the script, you give it a read, you go, okay, all right. You know, with Call of Duty, you have the legacy behind it, and you know, okay, this is going to be a heavy hitter, so uh, there's a lot riding on that. You know at least that the fan base is going to react, so you have to um, you know, make sure that you're strapped in and ready to give a great performance. But um, with Doom, it was a reboot. You know, because I think the last one was Doom 3, or was it 4? I don't know if they had a 4. Um, But, you know, that was a whole other legacy in the 90s that really, um, you know, transformed gaming. And so when they were doing this new Doom, there was no reference. There was nothing. All they said was, they gave me a description. They said, this is basically like a heavy metal rock album in hell. You know, I'm like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> like, yeah, this is just high octane, blood, guts, gore, demons.
0: Um That's all know. they said. They left, gave you a microphone and locked you yeah, in there for three now hours. Go,
1: invent all the lines and make us millions of dollars. and uh, No, no, no. Um But the guys behind it, um, really talented people and they um they brought me in for the first Doom as um just some side characters the voice of the uh, demon Bible, I think it was the Necronomicon. And um, when I asked them what they wanted, um, I initially sent in an audition, I think, three demon voices that I sent in. And you know, like a demon voice like this. Um, I had an eloquent British one, you know, just like, I'm here to kill you. just, like, kind of, just kind of, like, upscale demons. And then, as a joke, my last submission was a very dark demon that was used in the 80s a lot. The type of voice was, like, very froggy, very um, guttural, and very hard to do. <laughs> that type of sound. I'm here to kill And, um of course that's the one they picked they're like Uh. that's the one we want and i said oh shit here we go it's gonna be fun with this voice and so i would have to read paragraphs that was written like an actual bible if you go online i think someone has the doom necronomicon um or they might be called glyphs or uh, I, i don't know what it's called specifically yeah but there's like a uh, a whole uh, collection of them and you can hear me just reading the Bible and so from that they expanded and they kept bringing me back to do more things and then so I eventually did King Novick then I started doing um, I did the if you play game, the game Doom the first voice you hear is me when he wakes up um, and I believe that was a version of Kim, King Novik before he was King Novick and then um they kept bringing me back and then uh, eventually revealed to me that I am the Dark Lord. So the um, spoiler alert for anybody who's playing Doom Eternal, there is a interesting ending. And uh, they are doing more for that. And you'll hear me more as the Dark Lord for sure in the Doom game, which is a lot of fun. It's going to be one of the most kick-ass fight, fights with a boss ever.
0: Yeah yeah doom is is up there man it's a fucking amazing game people it's one of those
1: games it's kind of like it's it's the vibe of like early Nintendo where you can just turn it on and go you know you're just playing like yeah you, you know there's no like and then you gotta walk down a hallway and click yeah. these buttons you know it's just like get in and you're just
0: boom go in, murder, get over here, murder some more yes. over here. you wanna murder something big here's something big,
1: yeah. yeah. It's a crazy fun game.
0: It's kind of concerning, but um, you know, they say video games make people violent, but I think it might be the other way around. Like, to get your, your anger out, play a bit of COD, uh, play a bit of Doom. Yeah, you and guys I, seem pretty mellow. There you go. Uh,
1: I mean, you've got a snowman. Look at that. Look at that cute little snowman by Jared. <laughs> no, right no one
0: else has noticed that. What? In, in ages. It's like no. an
1: elf on the shelf. Yeah. Do you share this uh, video? podcast with folks or is this just for your viewing pleasure no, no,
0: uh, uh, no this, goes it, this goes up on youtube the rest oh, okay the audio version goes on spotify yeah apple podcast anywhere well, you can find look it. At
1: it i'm sure the audience the whole time is just like talk about the
0: snowmare <laughs> that, that, about that's the only reason they're there yeah but they're not going to hear here today um so you know you're not limited to video game, voice acting, you know, you do TV, movies, theater. Which, which would be your favorite? Like, which do you, do you enjoy the most? like? Uh, well, I mean... Because you're kind of an all-rounder.
1: It's all, to me, it's all the same. It really is. It's because it, it's acting. It's just performing. Yeah, but um, being on
0: stage versus being in a recording yeah, being bridge.
1: on stage is a completely different um, vibe because you're playing a character that you've rehearsed, hopefully... Um, and you've, um, you know, you've got to project differently. You've got to perform broader and, um, that's a certain type of thrill. I'm a very anxious person and I did sketch comedy for several years and I went, there's a, a school called the groundlings and you eventually climb up the ladder and there's a troupe called the Sunday company where you go and you write and perform sketches every week and i would do that and i found over time that i didn't really enjoy it i uh i loved performing but i couldn't get past the anxiety like i would go and the anxiety building up to getting up onto stage was so um you know uh, in prohibiting where it it, it just I didn't enjoy that process. As soon as I was performing, it was fine. But, you know, leading up to that, I I didn't like the weight, And so that, I would say, is probably an aspect of acting where, you know, you get nervous. And it just, you know, it just depends on your personality. Some people can just go out and do it. Um, You know, with the video games, especially Call of Duty, um, Black Ops, Cold War, I'm going to say the full title, um we uh, We did stuff on the sound stage, so we would be in motion capture suits and it's very much like black box theater so you go around you don't have anything on the set besides cubes, bars, pieces of tape, tennis balls, and you uh you walk around and you have to perform uh, as if it 's a play and that 's a whole different challenge but it's 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 invigorating and it's fun because you uh You don't get to do that a lot, and um, you know I've uh, I've found over time that uh, addressing my anxiety, I can understand a little bit more, and you know I'm I'm probably not as fearful as I used to be, uh, going up on stage. But um, I do prefer being in the booth. There's a certain comfort for me when I I use headphones. I am a geek. I like the sound things out i like to hear myself perform it gives me a you know what is the ear candy satisfaction where you get to hear something delicious um going to studios i miss going to studios and going on a ten thousand dollar microphone and hearing your voice like that sounds crispy you know (laughs) there's a there's a fun to that so for me i i enjoy all performing but um yeah voice acting is is a natural fit because you know, you don't have to layer yourself with makeup and costumes and that sort of thing. You can just yeah. jump into the character right away.
0: Yeah. And has, has acting in general made you a more confident guy? Because you were saying earlier, you're shy. Um, yes
1: and no, because when you act, you do put on a different persona. Um, you know, there's many forms of acting if you're doing more truth seeking in your performances you'll probably be as close to yourself as possible i i don't think i've ever really performed as myself even right now i'm talking to you i'm i'm putting on a little bit of a facade i'm just kind of giving a interview version of myself if do i was, mind, do mind
0: if i ask why
1: i i think it's just the the energy level where it's like you're being spoken to so you kind of just you know but that's okay. natural, like how how you speak to your mother versus how you speak to your friends, you know, is different. Um, so, yeah, of course, I've gained more confidence with acting, but confidence really is just uh, in the result of experience. Yeah. You know, if you go out and you're super confident, it probably means you have a low IQ, you know, uh, you, because you're completely oblivious of the fact that you don't know what you're doing and um but um some of my favorite actors if you watch interviews with them you hear them they'll say they are nervous all the time all the time They're like i don't like my performance i don't like watching what i did i am not happy when i'm on set i just mm. want to you know get my character i want to do it and i just want to get off and that's surprising to hear but uh that kind of gave me a lot of confidence when i would struggle i would find interviews i'd listen to my favorite actors and i'm like wow these guys are oscar-winning actors and they're talking about how much of a struggle it is for them to perform and then all we do is go they're masters well they are masters of their craft but they also have to battle their inner demons which is the anxieties the you know uh, trepidations that hold them back and that sort of thing yeah. and um so I think it's it's natural to have that anxiety still there. But, yeah, confidence definitely builds up the more you do it.
0: Do yeah. you, and I'm really
1: confident now. I can do anything. Go ahead, Tommy. Tell me what I should do.
0: <laughs> How do you find, like, listening back to yourself or watching your own work? Yeah. Um, when I way. do
1: another character, it's much, uh, much more fun because I'll usually record um, – Typically with animation, it'll be six months out or a year out before it's even, you know, finished. And so when I see it, I totally forget what I did. And it's kind of exciting. like, wow, hey, that's pretty fun. I don't recognize who that is. That's when I enjoy it the most, when I don't recognize myself. But yes, of course, as soon as I recognize my own uh, personal, uh, you know, signatures in my voice it kind of throws me off a little bit, and it's a little hard to enjoy, because I go, yeah, why did you do that? Yeah. Know. Yeah, you but know, most but actors we natural. talk
0: to say they basically cringe at their own stuff.
1: Yeah, but that's because uh, um, what I've found is they are so in character that they're completely unaware of mistakes they're making, or what they perceive a mistake to be, yeah. and you trust the director and so you're servicing the story. And if the director says, hey, let's go this way, let's push it that way, you might do something that you normally don't do um, or something that you hide publicly. And so when you share that and then you see it in a final product, you go, ooh, it's uncomfortable to watch. But other people say, I don't notice anything. It's yeah. only you noticing. It. Yeah,
0: that's, that's, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's the first time I ever heard about that that actually being a thing people like hating listening to their own stuff was we had um are you, are you a breaking bad fan
1: yeah
0: We had skinny pete on mm. and he's explaining um like what he doesn't like to go back and watch the show and or it's a in uh, i just had my mind blown that day like oh my god actors don't watch their own stuff
1: uh-huh. yeah
0: Like, like I imagine Tom Cruise is sitting there watching his own movies every single day. Well,
1: remember I was talking about low IQs? Anyway, let's (laughs) continue on to another subject because I don't want the Scientology police to come down and abduct me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's a fantastic guy. He channels his thing. But also, look at that. He has experience. The confidence that Tom Cruise has comes from the fact that he has been so successful. So the success, you know, you could say it's gone to his head a little bit or it's that he has succeeded his own ambitions so his goal keeps going higher and higher mm. and so he does want to watch himself and be like oh, i gotta do something better than i did before i like that oh wow, look at me you know yeah, but yeah. he could also be wearing a mask and every time he talks he says he's fantastic and he goes home and cries and eats a burnt banana sundae and goes nothing
0: a burnt nothing. banana sundae burnt
1: banana sundae Burnt. What? Burnt? A Sunday's ice cream yeah, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you guys were talking about Sundays. Oh, it's Saturday. Are we recording this on a Wednesday? Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Awfully Irish Podcast. <laughs>
0: um, actually, when we were talking about Call of Duty, I, I kind of forgot to bring up um, that you played Victor Reznov in Black Ops 4. Mm, yes what was that one like you know picking up the pieces that after one Gary was Ogden. a
1: similar situation with hudson where they sent me a uh, reference to the voice and i didn't know what it was for or anything and he had a code name as well so i didn't know it was victor reznov so i couldn't do anything and that's really good for an actor because if you if you're given like hey you're going to be playing this guy yeah. before you you know, audition, then you'd be reading up and you're sweating and you're like, oh my God, I got to do this exactly or it's not going to work. So I just listened to it and uh, I had no idea it was Gary Oldman. Um, and I, you know, tried to channel his persona as much as I could the accent, of course, the tone. And then, um, yeah, once I was told who it was and that sort of thing, then I said, okay, all right, but they heard my audition, they liked what I the performance I gave, so I'm going to make sure to stick with that as much as possible while including more of the original Reznov to make sure that it translates to the story. But I didn't do too much with Reznov there. I think he was a um, a DLC character or kind of like a side character. I think you
0: had to unlock him. Uh, yeah, he was an unlocker Ford. Go on.
1: Yeah, no, so he, he didn't have too much uh, weight behind him uh, you know, com- as compared to Jason Hudson who's actually one of the, uh, well, he's the star of the show. We all know that. Yeah, yeah. pivotal car, character. He's, 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 he's the main part of Call of Duty. Well,
0: I don't know why they call it, you know, Call of. Yeah, it should just Hudson. be called
1: Call of Hudson. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been saying that for a
0: while, actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. Special Ops Hudson is the best. Hashtag, other team ain't so great. The game.
0: Yeah. Oh, there right. you go. But you know, that, that's Hollywood. Have you ever applied to the the naming department of Activision?
1: I thought this is that's what this was. That's what my agent told me to do. The podcast and said, "You're you're supposed to. These guys are going to pretend it's a podcast, but it's all about naming the next game, right?"
0: And guys, question. the, the check
1: bounced. By the way, the ten thousand. <laughs> I don't know what happened.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, everyone says that. You know, we. Just yeah. Everyone, to... everyone says that the, the check bounces, but um. The check bounce Yeah. Don't don't mind that.
1: Yeah. It'll it'll come through. Okay. Good. <laughs> I trust you guys. You do I've, with my life. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong.
0: Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> okay, I, I can't. I can't just keep hammering down on the Call of Duty bits, but I no, oh, gotta gotta go at have it again.
1: Podcast. Whatever you guys want to talk about. Otherwise, but, I'll gladly take over, and you don't want that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have a podcast yourself? You had like a nice setup,
1: so. Um, I I had a podcast. Uh, I think 2014, 2015 I had a podcast called the Mixed Nut Show where I interviewed some of my friends and we talk about voiceover and that sort of thing. But um, oh, I've been working on uh, trying yeah. to get a podcast back. I kind of like the scripted format of a podcast, more of a narrative idea. But the more I think about that, I go, oh, it's so much work. So um, yeah. you know, I uh, yeah, I I've had a podcast before. I think it's still up, but. I've uh, been itching to uh, to bring it
0: back in some way. And do you, do you listen to the podcast? you yeah, a Joe Rogan fan?
1: Uh, yeah, I'll listen to him occasionally. I'll seek out maybe an episode, but I don't listen to him regularly.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I haven't really listened to him in, in a while. It, it's been kind of weird since he got off YouTube. Uh, he's gone on to uh, Spotify and Spotify only. Hmm. So a bit weird because normally i'll be doing a bit of work for the podcast and i just throw youtube on in the corner and I go from there
1: well yeah, yeah i mean i think a lot of artists realize that youtube was a great platform to you know spring their careers or you know share things and then people connect on other social media and then they can monetize off of that because right now there's not much that you can monetize from on youtube it's changed a lot yeah. um, i used to do a lot of videos on youtube and um, they started changing their algorithms, and it started getting strange where I had fifteen thousand subscribers, and I would get a thousand views and I'd go what's going on? I'm putting all this work into these videos, and nobody's watching, so I'm just going to focus on other things
0: um, and it's, well, it's very it's, unrewarding yep. at the start uh, like yep. we, we just got monetized we, we made our application for it today oh cool because it was t- thank you um, but so that check will come. It's a bit of pain. It's a bit of pain. I did not realize how small the monetization is on YouTube. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I never really went not, into it. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to think. I had um I remember I had a video that had almost a quarter of a million views and it made a hundred dollars. So, so I don't know what it is now, but um, you know, all the videos I mean any video you watch on YouTube now has two ads, you know. Yeah. It's always yeah. two ads. It used to be, one ad that you can skip right away. Now it's you've got a guaranteed watch one ad, then maybe you can skip the second. Now it's kind of irritating to go on YouTube. Um, yeah, it's sad, but um, that's the way corporations work. They got to make money. because it's, yeah. it it? it's a free
0: app. Like they got to make money off. But well, they it's the the a the thing, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that, and that's also something that's strange with you know gaming and that sort of things. You know. I used to uh, play a lot of mobile games because, uh. like, wow, look at these independent artists. They offer their games for cheap or for free, and you download them, and now the, um, the, the, you know, the standard thing is basically, hey, all of our games are free. I like, I don't want to play a free game. I want to pay. I will pay $7 um, whatever for your app. I just want to play a game. But now you have a free game that has ads in there, or they force you to, uh, you know, you've got to have DLCs and that sort of thing. Yeah.
0: They did that with the recent Modern Warfare game, didn't they? Warzone? They gave you the uh, Battle Royale mode for Hmm. free. But um, to get anything cool, you have to, like, pay a bunch of money or so on, or to get the main game. Yeah, and it's, you know,
1: I can see both sides where it's like, hey, we're offering you guys a free game. So you guys, if you enjoy playing this free game, if you want to play more, pay for it. But then the other side is like, hey, I'm a fan of this series. I'll pay the full price if you leave me alone and I can just play. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it's, it's uh, up and down. Yeah. It depends.
0: Yeah. yeah, it does depend. Double-edged sword and all that.
1: Well, that's a little violent there. Sorry. You, you <laughs> might want to edit that out of your podcast. I don't yeah. know. If Demonetized. Yeah, yeah, cancel, you know. Cancel. hashtag uh, No violence. Look at that Bro, snowman. You were in that snowman Cold War. right there. Is a is a a beautiful snowman, and probably just filled with so much loathing for you right now. Oh my God, he moved.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all the thing does is sit and watch Jared. Sorry, I keep uh, interrupting
1: your crazy. your 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 questions. What were you going to say before I interrupted with snowman? I have no idea. Oh, my, he, oh shit. He moved again.
0: <laughs> I, lo- I love that. And everyone's head just turns. Like, huh? Yeah, no. I've, I've been waiting for the move uh, since I put him there. Test, test the ghosts and all that. Thomas, do you have any questions left? Because I have hammered your mind. Uh, I mean, it was pretty cool. I was reading up on your IMBD. You got to work with Family guy, you were on a couple of episodes. You voiced, oh, jeez. yeah, he's the biggest nice. family guy I'm, I'm nerd of all time.
1: Super, super nerd here, okay, Mr. Super Nerd. Who was the 12th character that was introduced in the seventh season that had a peg leg? Ah, uh, couldn't answer. See that you're not a super fan, you know. Um, so with Family Guy, uh, because of my impressions and that sort of thing, casting reached out and they said, Hey, we know you do a lot of impressions. We'd love for you to, um, you know, just come in and, because uh, the, it's kind of like the time they take and update the jinky-jinky-jong. But I would go on to say in the calendar and uh, do my thing and that sort of thing. Um, so it would just be small little bits, but it's yeah, super fun and they're really mm-hmm. chill. They're a great, uh, great show. And didn't get to work with, you know, the main cast because they're, off on their yachts and that sort of thing but we uh, there's a lot of impressions that will go on to the show and they'll do you know those celebrity uh, little jokes that pop in and that sort of thing and uh, no it's a fun and great exciting privilege to be part of such a huge show
0: yeah and yeah like they, they've really made their way in animations like Family Guy and The Simpsons like they'll probably never go away could you imagine they cancelled The Simpsons
1: they already did while we were talking,
0: <laughs> just I, I, this is like the like, just
1: moved again. By the way, everybody, if um, we look, no, they wouldn't cancel the Simpsons. I think the only way it would end is if the cast agreed. They said, you know, all of them bound together and said, you know, I think we've reached an age where we're not going to represent the characters uh, authentically. Our voices are changing. We're not connecting with the scripts anymore. I don't know. You know, the cast as a whole would probably say we're, we're going to move on, you mm. know, and then it'll be the end of it. But who knows? I mean, with it now in Disney hands, they could definitely reintroduce the show in many different forms. They could spin it off. Who knows?
0: Yeah, or Milkish. <laughs> Actually, well, spe- speaking of Disney at the long. moment, uh, you're hardly a Star Wars fan, right? St- Star what? Yeah, yeah. It's like Star Trek, but not as cool. No, no,
1: no definitely. <laughs> I, I, uh, I I, mean, every Star Wars movie that came out, uh, well, as a kid, it was the prequels for me. You know, and I would walk into the theater, and uh, I think Star Wars Episode One, and I was like, who's that guy? That Chancellor Palpatine guy? Isn't he Emperor Palpatine? Don't they have the same name? I'm so smart. My IQ's really low, but I'm confident... Um, (laughs) and I'd walk out of the theater and I'd start talking like Charles of Palpatine, Anakin Skywalker. I see a great future in you, my young friend. And I realized the more I spoke and I emulated that character, I could do the emperor. And, um, no, I very much loved Star Wars because they had, they have rich characters and they're really fun to watch and uh, mimic and uh, to be part of that world is extraordinary.
0: Yeah, And have you been keeping up with the Mandalorian, the new TV I've, series? I
1: haven't seen the second season yet. I'm kind, of, I like to watch, I like to binge watch, so I don't want to, you know, do yeah. the chapter thing. So I believe they still have one more or two more yeah. episodes. So maybe I'll catch one more up. episode. Yeah, but no, I I saw the first, um, first season, which is. You know, great. It's a, it's a fun show.
0: Yeah. No, they they've done very well with that. I'll, I'll hand that one to Disney on on a golden platter like that. They did really well with that. So, I'm ho- hoping to see more does. Um, yeah. But well, you, the you, serialized you also...
1: version of shows really, you know, I think is much more successful because, yeah, you know, you get to grow a little bit with the characters.
0: Yeah. Mm. And you you did this uh the short film before, and um, you were uncertain whether or not it came out. Let me just find the name of it to be exact.
1: I believe it was called The Mandalorian Legacy. Yeah, You're right,
0: Jen. You played Emperor Palpatine.
1: I play Emperor Palpatine. I can't quite remember the circumstances because it was a long time ago, but um, I believe it's a fan film, and I believe the director reached out and said, hey, would you do Emperor Palpatine? Because I I had impression videos of me wearing a blanket over my head, and they said, we love that. That is pro-quality. We need that in our movie, and I said, do you, "Do you want me to bring the blanket?" And they said, "We have our own." And I said, "You guys mm-hmm. are this is this is phenomenal." Um, I don't think we ever shot it. I can't remember if I recorded it, but I'm definitely apparently, one hour in the and movie.
0: thirty-three minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: Obafet undergoes physical and emotional hardships that mold him into the hardened, ruthless, and famous bounty hunter that he is. Cool.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but um, I've done many iterations of Emperor Palpatine for many projects. And IMDb doesn't list everything I've done. That's the thing is, um, you know, if the production puts it on, then it goes up. Or if my representatives go on and they say, hey, we want to make sure this is added, you know. So it's it's kind of like Wikipedia in that way where it's not entirely uh, factual. So take it with a grain of salt, but the majority of things, um, for sure, are included. Sometimes, if you just see a weird, obscure name, it's 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 most likely a fan just adding your name to their project or something that isn't produced, and it's kind of odd.
0: Yeah, I've never seen that before. In all fairness, but um, yeah, we've had some weird things on IMDb, like, you know, talking to people about their IMDb and things they've done. I brought up one thing too was it Desmond Heck, and he had no idea what it was, he had absolutely no idea what it was.
1: Yeah, and sometimes projects change their titles, the names of yeah. titles, and things like that, or or you're just fortunate enough to work a lot and you, you can't quite remember.
0: Mm. Yeah, but um, one thing you were definitely in was Bill and Ted. Uh, mm-hmm. now that, that, that's a big movie being you know, working with Keanu Reeves. Um, no, in, in all fairness, I thought he looked a bit. A bit weird without the uh, the signature beard, but it was a good movie apparently. Thomas yes. over here is a huge fan. Thomas, please don't, please don't question me again.
1: Thomas, here's <laughs> number one question: What was Bill and Ted's first name?
0: Oh, well this is easy.
1: This is it's and. There you go. You're a super fan. The snowman just moved again. Guys, this is really <laughs> freaking me out. He's look- now he's got three eyeballs. Oh, no, that's just zoom. Okay. Oh, I've been looking at Jared the whole time. I thought he was the snowman. Guys, this makes so much sense. This makes so much sense. Thomas, what kind <laughs> of podcast is this? Thomas is like, this is a serious podcast.
0: Uh, no, 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 uh, no, no, no. Because I've been hanging out with the snowman. And the snowman, Jared...
1: You've you've got to just make it a reoccurring joke. You're just going to get Jared to be very emotionally imbalanced by the 25th mention of this. You'd be like, the snowman moved again. You're like, I'm going to fucking kill you.
0: You know, during podcasts, I'm going to start, you know, looking really closely, you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like...
1: What were we even talking about? We were talking about, oh, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted.
0: Ted.
1: Yeah, with Bill and Ted, it was great. Um, They asked for uh, an exact voice match is what it's called, to George Carlin. And I would, you know, I've matched him before, but not professionally, never in a project, because um, he had, had passed on, I believe, in 2008. So um, usually if an actor is alive, sometimes you're more, more likely to match them because they are un, unavailable for a project, or you've got to do ADR, or, you know, that sort of thing to help the project complete. But with this case they said no we're gonna bring him back in holographic form um and it's more of an homage to him rather than a a full character so i got to do just a, a little bit in there but yeah no definitely an honor and a lot of fun to be a part of that big movie
0: yeah and yeah like man in all fairness 2020 has sucked for a lot of actors but you you've done some some big things this year
1: well, yes. I'm very, very thankful for that and very humble, as you can tell. I, I don't like to uh, brag at all.
0: So, like... I'm the you... best! Around! <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yes. um, yeah, you... what's the plans for 2021? Well,
1: uh, stay alive, get uh, vaccinated, um, stay healthy. Um, uh, you know, the main thing is yeah, being healthy. Um, a lot of projects that you work on you know 2020 has been good to me but it's also been the result of 2019 you know because the projects mm-hmm. you work on 2019 and then they come out in 2020 so um next year there are many projects that i've been a part of and i can't announce but they will be uh just as exciting as 2020 so uh fingers crossed that they get finished and they're well received but a well, lot of a lot of things film television and um, video games
0: and animation Ooh. I'm excited for the video games <laughs> yeah um, what was this just going going back to when um, we we're talking about Cold War uh, Th- Thomas got the stream that on, on this channel and like I, I didn't get to play it but I saw him do it and uh, yeah the, the way that they played Hudson was, was a bit it was a bit different. Um, you know, in, in Black Ops 1 and 2, he was kind of like at, at the forefront, uh, whereas now you're kind of in the background and you're kind of sneaking off and making enemies of people. It's, well, just, it's just a weird way to change a character and somehow it worked.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they chose a different narrative approach. You know, they did focus a lot on Adler as kind of being the... Uh,
0: Bruce kind Thomas, what a legend.
1: More, yeah, Bruce was fabulous Terrifying. as Adler. U P S guy so commanding. Oh yeah, he's a sexy UPS guy. Um, he uh, he did such a phenomenal job that yeah, they kinda of wanted um, Hudson and Adler to be at their throats, you know, where it's mm. kind of like a little bit of a power mm. power move to um, to uh, you know, take control of the team and so, Adler was very much more in charge in this game, and so they you know stylistically chose to push Hudson a little bit further behind the scenes and talking with uh, some of the people higher up in the CIA and make it more of a mystery for the players as well because then you're like who what is Hudson doing what's mm. going on with this guy is he who he says he is is he what what
0: the you know if, See, if he played the
1: game yeah, of course. He is Perseus. Wait, what? No.
0: Um... People actually thought that because was it in Black Ops Two where uh, the character says that, uh, like the, the enemy of the or of the that game had people in the CIA, and then Hudson's first response is he's fucking with us, and uh, yeah. So that, that's people thought Hudson might have been Perseus.
1: The following cannot be revealed. <laughs> Perseus is indeed no i can't i can't uh, i can't say <laughs> there's so many secrets i can't tell you guys oh my god so it, it's do you, do you know why it's called call of duty black ops cold war Because it's set in the cold war no that's oh what i was god. thinking how did you figure that out mr thomas here mr smart super fun. You know i'm getting wavelengths man me and you it's like connecting yeah this guy kind of
0: stuff you know
1: what Jared, I think he's moving the snowman with his mind. There he goes. There he goes. He's moving the snowman. God. Oh my god. Um what yeah, no, I mean uh you know, Hudson in this game was uh much more mysterious and you know, behind the scenes and which kind of plays to the CIA uh role in yeah. general where, you know, these guys are on the the field, they're they're completing the missions, whereas the guys in the CIA are kind of making directives. They're they're doing a lot of shady stuff that they're not even allowed to talk and say to other people. And uh, so, yeah, I think it I think it did play well, and I I hope it was well received. And you know, it's all about the uh, serving the story, because now these games are so cinematic, they really want to just focus on how they can tell the best you know engaging story and i think they did that
0: yeah no it, it was good uh definitely one of my my top ones so uh anyway i think i think we've kind of touched on all bases so time to send it off and if people want to check you out and want to follow you where can they find you not your address your social media oh i
1: was just thank you i, I, was I just I can, about to give you my home address and my my access code, so you guys can just drive Thank you. in. Thank you. And, uh, you know, go through the back door. Um, you can uh, actually just go to my website because I have all of the uh, social media stuff on there. You can just do my name, Piotr Michael, P-I-O-T-R com, or you can just go to an alt uh, title, which goes straight to my website as well themixednut.com dot com, which is the name of my old podcast, themixednut.com dot com, and that'll lead you straight to my website, which has all the social media buttons, and you can connect on all of that stuff and talk with me, chat with me, get me on uh, the awfully French podcast. I don't know if what actually, you say?
0: I suppose we seen someone said someone in, inspiration from this podcast made an awfully American podcast.
1: Awfully American. Yeah. It should be god awfully American.
0: Yeah, we, we've we had a comedian American. on. He was he was making fun of the name, and he's like, he's a woefully Welsh podcast?" Oh, that was horrible. He, he yeah, bullied the shit out of us. Yeah, <laughs> it's a silly name, in all fairness. But um, no,
1: come on. I mean, isn't it? is uh, not is it based off of the Irish town? Is that why you guys?
0: Based off the county. We're, we're right. from a county called Awfully. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's okay. that
0: county. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is awful. Uh, shit. But um, <laughs> anyway, if you want to check them out, you know where to find them. Um, hope everyone's enjoyed. Um, you know, it's been great having you on the show. So thanks again My and pleasure, guys. hope everyone has a good one. Yes. Goodbye. Yeah.